Good morning. It's Iowimala in Northern Illinois, and it's Tuesday. I'm really excited to uh, read something to you today. This is one of the books that I got from uh, the uh, Tejania, Sayadaw Tejania, who is a Burmese monk. And this is one of the books I was telling you uh, last time we talked. This is called Dhamma Everywhere, welcoming each moment with awareness plus wisdom. Ashin Tejania. And these are the little books I was telling you about. Uh, I sent sent forth. Let's see. It's Wisdom Streams Foundation, and it is in Berkeley, and. Uh, this is this is his American arm, or for for his foundation and selling the bo- selling his books. But they are they're not sold. They're just uh, yeah, they're just books that have been donated to anyone who wants them from people who have donated previously and have benefited from the books, which is a typical Vipassana uh, tradition, if you've ever been to one of the 10-day retreats. And that's uh, Goenka, that's not Tejaniya, but he's that's also a Burmese tradition. The retreats don't have any cost. And then at the end of the retreat or afterwards, if you want to make a donation because of the value of it, you're free to do that. And they've been incredibly successful with that model. But these books are so beautiful. So this one is Dhamma Everywhere. I hadn't, I'd had not, I didn't have that one before. I only had the one book. And I started kind of randomly opening the book and thinking, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. And then I'd have to find, well, where can I start? And how, how much can I read? And I kind of, I ended up working my way back from the middle of the book to the beginning of the book, and I thought, it just, this is a jewel. And um, I think it starts with what is mindfulness meditation, and mindfulness is sati, so S-A-T-I, so that's a word he uses. But it's so beautiful for those of us who have been uh Practicing for a long time or or brand new, I think just starting here at the beginning, what is mindfulness meditation? It can reawaken what we've maybe forgotten about that's part of why we practice meditation. And if you're new, it might make things kind of click into place even better for you. So I just wanted to read some a, a few pages. I really get... It's just so simple, and this is this is a beautiful. The book is a little square book, and there are a lot of black and white photographs and illustrations, and then a page of of writing and maybe some quotes or some. It, uh, there are some really good recaps at the end of each of the chapters, and it looks like it's a very simple book, but he covers things. If you go back, if you look at the table of contents, he's really covering. Uh, he goes through completely everything about mindfulness meditation, which which is what we practice 
usually along with metta. They can be done separately. But then he talks about he talks about how the the uh, eightfold path and the factors for enlightenment and the spiritual faculties. So many of the different kind of Buddhist list, the list of the Buddha that we talk about. He weaves those in and out, talking about just Dhamma in our everyday lives. And so they're not separated. They're, it's all, you can see how it all comes together. So I would like to read from that. Um, before, before I start reading, I just wanted to say, and I see some people from the book group. Um, we had our book group last night and we're getting close to finishing <clears throat> welcoming the unwelcome. Uh, we have, we probably have maybe two more groups uh, left, and we will have finished the book. And I, hopefully the group will want to continue, and um, we can pick another book and just keep going. And if you have ideas for a book that you'd like to read with a group, well, we're, we're reading it on our own, but we're discussing it as a group. So if you're in the group, if you want to let me know ideas you have, if you're not in the group, but you're thinking of uh, books that you think would be of value for for our book group, please let me know. And uh, the next two, the next book group will be the fourth, the fourth Monday of the month, February, and then the next one will be the second Monday of uh, March. And so join us. And we'll probably start discussing uh, what people would like to continue with. It's been a great group. It's a great way to be together with Sangha friends and making new friends from all over the country. And uh, the discussion is just, it, the, the discussion is just a, a beautiful. I think it goes in different directions that you wouldn't expect. And we get deeper into certain things and, uh, there's just a lot of, lot of sharing and a lot of, uh, a lot of really great listening. So, that's about the book group. Um, but I'm going to read a few of these pages, and you can listen if you want to, just relaxed and with your eyes closed. And if it's in the evening for you, I know some of you like to listen in the evening. It might be a way to have a, uh, it's a, it, this is telling us often things that we may already know, but we haven't quite put together in a way that really helps us um, reinvigorate, I think, or re-energize our practice and even think rethinking what our practice is. <clears throat> so... It began, the first chapter is, the, the first section is, what is mindfulness meditation? Let's talk a little bit about meditation. At the center, okay, Jody, some people are, just came on. It, it's Dhamma everywhere, welcoming each moment with awareness plus wisdom. And it's by Ashin Tejaniya, who is a Burmese monk. And these are books that are available, uh, as a donation, and I think, I think it's, uh, we've, we've talked about that before, I'll mention it again. 
Let's talk a little bit about meditation at this center, and this is where he he teaches uh, retreats in Burma, in Myanmar. At this center, we practice satipatthana, or mindfulness meditation, on the four foundations of mindfulness. Those foundations are body, feelings, the mind, and dhamma. However, before we begin, we need some clarity on what we are doing and why we are doing it. It's important to begin this practice like we would begin any major practice with an understanding of the ideas, with an understanding of the ideas and underlying principles behind what we will be doing. We need the right background information and right ideas regarding the nature of mindfulness meditation so that we can practice skillfully. We don't want to start blindly. Most of us probably started blindly, right? What is mindfulness meditation? What is our purpose in practicing? What kind of mind and what kind of attitude should there be when we are meditating? How do we practice? To me, mindfulness meditation is basically working to transform the mind. Meditation is about cultivating wholesome states of mind, nurturing a Dhamma mind, and bringing out the good qualities of the mind. Mindfulness meditation is not work done by the body or work done by the objects. And he he mentions that uh, and later in the section, he talks about objects, when we talk about objects of our meditation. Objects, uh, so that'll come later, but here's a quote from him. Objects do not meditate. It is the mind that meditates. That's why meditation is called mind work, and that's why you need to know about the mind. How do you know that there is a mind? <clears throat> How do you, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> how do you know that you have a mind? You can see or observe the mind through its workings, through its functions. Knowing, thinking, experiencing, feeling, wanting, focusing, etc. Now put your hands together and look at your clasped hands. You know that your hands are teaching, are touching, right? How do you know this touching sensation? What is the mind doing that you are able to know this? You know because the mind is aware and paying attention to it right now. Do you know that the mind is a paying attention and aware? Would you know that your hands were touching if your mind was thinking about something else? No. <clears throat> So you can see that it is not merely because your hands are touching that you know, but because the mind is paying attention and awareness is a quality that is part of this attention that you know they are touching. Can you shift your attention from your palms to your feet? You can, right? This shift in attentionally, this shift in attention is actually the mind at work. It is the mind paying attention. If you know that you are paying attention, then you are aware of the mind. There is no need to go searching for the mind. 
as everyone more or less knows it. Knowing, thinking, planning, and intentions are all workings of the mind. It's just not as easy at first to recognize the mind as it is other objects because of a lack of understanding of what the mind is. Persistence. What kind of effort do we need when we are meditating? Right now, many people know of only one type of effort, which is energetic, forcing effort. However, it is wrong effort when it is motivated by defilements like craving, aversion, or delusion. And the Pali words, because these are mentioned a lot, craving is lopa, aversion is dosa, and delusion. This kind of effort will only feed more defilements in the process. How then do we meditate? We use the wholesome, <laughs> I'm getting my words combined. We use the wholesome, the Pali word is kusala. We use the wholesome effort and the right effort of patience and perseverance in our practice. Awareness, and that's the sati, awareness or mindfulness, needs to be balanced. Confidence in oneself and faith in the practice should be balanced. And that's sadha. That's confidence in oneself and faith. Effort or energy, vidya, should also be balanced. These spiritual faculties, along with the stability of the mind, samadhi, and wisdom, panya, make up the five spiritual faculties, indriya, working together in meditation. A lot of Pali words, but you, you probably don't need that, but uh, I'm just mentioning it this first time because they might appear later. Insights don't have an opportunity to arise when we are very intent on one object without exploring or investigating what is happening. We can't say we are practicing insight meditation, which is vipassana, when we are just focusing or paying attention, because insight meditation is the practice of learning about mind and body processes. Who is meditating? You are not meditating. It is the ideas operating in the background, in the mind, that are meditating. If these underlying ideas are wrong, then the, then the rest of the meditation will be done in the wrong way. Only with the right idea, right attitude, and right understanding in the meditating mind, and that's the mind that's aware or the observing mind, do you have right practice. So those. this is all from the Eightfold Noble Path. The information in this book, the Dhamma discussions, Dhamma discourses, and reminders are all meant to give us right information. We then use this information, what we have learned, heard, and know about right practice, as well as our own intelligence during the practice. That's a type of wisdom. 
in order for wisdom to develop. We need right view, right thinking. We also need inquiry and Dhamma investigation, which is the investigation of phenomena, reflection, on how we are observing or practicing while we are practicing. The emphasis is on the need for wisdom along with the awareness. And it, he, he refers to that as awareness plus wisdom. So that the wisdom acquired through direct experience has a chance to arise. The meditating mind, the mind that's aware, or the observing mind needs to be a Dhamma mind, a wholesome mind. We have right meditation only when we practice with a wholesome mind. We can't say we are meditating properly when we are meditating with craving, aversion, or delusion operating in the meditating mind. When we practice with wanting or expectations, we are meditating with greed. When we practice with dissatisfaction and discontent, we are meditating with aversion. When we practice without having a real understanding of what we are, do we are doing, we are meditating with delusion. That's, you know, Patty, <laughs> Patty says, wow, to all of this. Yeah, this is pulling it all together, but it's, it just, it's really straight shooting, isn't it? A part of the work in meditation is to begin to recognize unwholesome tendencies when they arise. We can't help having these motivations while trying to motivate. We can recognize when there are wrong or unwholesome tendencies and when there are right or wholesome tendencies and their corresponding effects. This means learning what is wholesome and what is unwholesome. To do this, we use the theoretical information we get as well as our own intelligence and wisdom while practicing to recognize when there are defilements in the mind. We also need to appreciate this process of learning. So now he explains, what are objects? We often use the word objects. What is the meaning of an object? An object is what we experience, what we observe, and something that is known by the mind. There is always something happening, so there is no lack of things to observe. They are all happening or arising according to their nature. In mindfulness meditation, we are not controlling our experience. Our experience is. We observe when something happens or arises. The mind's attention is attracted to it, and so we observe it. The nature of an object is to be known, sensed, or experienced by the mind. In any given moment, there are many, many objects arising at the six sense doors that the mind can possibly be aware of and know. So there's a lot going on all the time. How many sense doors are there? There are six sense doors. How we observe the sense objects is the mind at work. 
While we need an understanding of the object side, we also need to recognize that meditation is not done by objects. Meditation is done by the mind. That's why in order to practice well, it's important to understand the mind, including how it observes, how it works, and its underlying attitudes. What kind of mind are we meditating with? When we are focused on an object, we can't see the workings of the mind. When we look through the glasses we are wearing at what we want to see, we may not realize that we have glasses on. Likewise, if there's too much focusing on objects, we no longer see the mind, what it's doing or how it's operating. If we don't concentrate so much on an object, we may at least realize that we are wearing glasses. That's how the mind works. That's why I caution you not to focus if your goal is to get a complete picture and to understand the nature of mind and objects. Do you understand? When you practice, the difference between what you observe and how you are observing will become even clearer. In other words, this knowledge of the object and the mind will become clearer. You recognize for yourself, oh, this is object and this is mind, and that their natures are different. You'll see this as you are practicing. I am explaining this to you now so that you have the information to help you when you are meditating. Think about this carefully. Are you practicing mindfulness meditation when you sit and focus on an object? Is it mindfulness meditation when you are just paying attention to something? No, that's just focusing on an object. Or what if you are just being aware? What if the meditating mind is full of unwholesome mental qualities? Let's say you are knowing, watching, and being aware. What is object, mind and or, or the body? And what is mind? In other words, what is being observed and what is doing the observing? Shouldn't you investigate this? Can this kind of investigative quality arise in a yogi, that's a meditator, who is just intent on observing objects? Can a yogi who's just contented with peaceful mental states get insights into the nature of the mind and body? No. The yogi will just cling to that peaceful state, working to stay longer in that state. There's no possibility for wisdom to arise then. I'm just going to read a very little bit more just to finish this part. So, in mindfulness meditation, we don't need to cultivate or work on objects or what we observe. We can and will need to develop how we observe. <clears throat> we do this first by noticing or acknowledging how the mind is already observing. And he, uh, he talks about different kinds of wisdom. He makes a note in... Um, 
Awareness Alone is Not Enough, which is a totally different book. Uh, you don't need to try to change how the mind is observing. You do want to take note of how it is observing and the corresponding effect of observing in that way. And that's looking at, are you calm or is the mind agitated? You know, are you restless? Are you, is there wisdom present? Over time, you will notice different causes and effects. When you have repeatedly observed and seen different scenarios, you will begin to better understand the relationship of how the state of mind and the thoughts in the mind affect the way you feel about the object of what you are observing. And the last two paragraphs, start with any object. Start with an awareness of any object. As you maintain awareness, keep checking the mind. What is the mind aware of? When it is aware, is the mind at ease or not? Is it relaxed? What is the attitude in the mind? Keep checking. Be mindful that you are not just intent on objects. While being mindful in walking, keep checking the mind to see whether it is impatient or relaxed. Is that hard to know? No, you just have to keep checking the mind, right? Is it so hard to be aware of the mind? At this point, it's fine to be aware of more apparent mental states and workings of the mind. Don't go looking for anything subtle just yet. How is the mind? Is it feeling at peace or is it tense? Is it tired? You can know, can't you? Observe the mind. What is happening? Here are some things you might want to know. With what kind of mind are you being aware? How does the mind feel when you are aware of this object? Try to observe mind-object relationships like this. It is important to have an awareness of these kinds of causal relationships and connections in practice. So I'm going to stop with that. But isn't that an incredible, no matter how long you've been meditating, isn't it wonderful to like check in and get this? Uh, he's tying everything together that we're doing and asking those questions that we sometimes forget. Uh, I think it's beautiful and simple and we could just sit with that. That was not even the whole first chapter. So it just, he explains everything. And I know I'll tell, I'll give you a spoiler alert. Uh, he talks, he, the topic that a lot of people always ask about, what is the best time to meditate? And he said, and his answer is going to be, well, start when you wake up in the morning and stop when you fall asleep at night. And he, he's, he's, getting us geared for what this whole thing is all about. We're learning how to be, to have that meditative mind all the time, to have that awareness, that mindfulness. And uh, he says this whole book is about helping understand 
the real the nature of reality and how to work with our own minds to be able to to uh, see and develop that quality. So I hope it was not uh, it's uh, it's not overwhelming, is it? But it, when you think about this, is something that some of us started doing with no one ever teaching us about meditation, and you'll probably see oh. I do that. I do that. That is what I'm doing. So for a lot of us, it's a recognition of what we are doing. But we can also, we'll also begin to start seeing um, in, 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 this, in his books, what you see is, where are we putting the effort too much in one area, which is not really where we want to put the effort? So we may need to relax and back away from one thing and let something else come in. Are we working too hard? And are we trying to get something from our meditation? And he includes that right away. Uh, if, we're, if we want something too much, it's greed. If there are things we want to get rid of in our life and you know cast them out, that's aversion. And if we're not clear about what we're doing when we work with our mind, that's delusion. So um, we, don't, we don't meditate to bring uh, success or wealth or, uh, you know, have a, uh, have a new loved one enter into our life. That's not, that's not what we're trying to do. Uh, we don't need to be meditating for anything that's not completely uh, wholesome and skillful. We're, we're just doing it because we're learning about our mind and we want to transform that mind from its kind of untrained, um, maybe it's untrained wildness, and just transform it so it's working, working with clarity and with wisdom. Anyway, it, this, it, it's just exciting. So, so I, start, <laughs> I have a bookmark where I started, and I ended up backing up all the way to the beginning of the book because there's just so much good stuff here. So um, let's see. Well, I've used up our time, so meditate on your own today. But just perhaps there are a couple of, uh, a couple of things. You might even want to listen to me reading this again because you may not have the book, and just letting some of these things kind of seep down deeper into your consciousness because it's a lot to, to take in. But it's so sim- the words are so simple, I think it's really good uh, to let it soak in a little bit. And you might want to kind of tweak your own practice or you might want to see where you can make it be more interesting and... Uh, be less, seem less difficult for you. So, uh, with that, I'll say goodbye. But I'd like to, I'd like to do my wish. And for those of you who don't know, Abanti Sujata will be doing the, the service uh, at the temple on Saturday, and it's on Zoom. He's doing it on Zoom. It's not, it's not a live. It's not live, but uh, you can get the tickets on Eventbrite for Blue Lotus Temple on Saturday morning, and there's no charge. You you can feel free if you like to make a donation, but the, there is no charge for the tickets, and that ticket will uh, give you and sends you an email 
maybe, you know, the morning of the talk, which is Saturday at 10 a.m. Central Time, and um, it'll give you your, you know, it'll give you your link. So let's finish with my wish. May I become at all times, both now and forever, a protector for those without protection, a guide for those who have lost their way, a ship for those with an ocean to cross, a sanctuary for those in danger, a lamp for those without light, a place of refuge for those who lack shelter, and a servant to all in need. By means of this meritorious deed, may I never join with the unwise, only the wise, until the time I obtain Nibbana. Thank you so much. See you Thursday. <laughs>